Hi, everyone. This is the Incept Connect podcast. I am John Osberg with Incept Digital Growth Strategist here. We are in downtown Buffalo, New York, as always, in studio. Today, I am joined by someone who uh, I would refer to as being in my inner circle, uh, someone who's impacted me over the last several years of knowing her and being able to witness to some of the greatness that she's manifested in her career and her life. And that is none other than Holly Hubert of Global Security IQ. Holly, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, John. This is fantastic. Fantastic to have you in here. And I had to say this, I said before we even started recording, we had one of the coolest pre-show conversations that actually might even be longer than this podcast. And it was so energizing and inspiring just to catch up. I haven't seen you in a little while. Um, and to hear all the things you're up to and the goals that you have, it's... Uh, it's super inspiring. So I'm uh, I'm glad that you're here today. We're talking, uh, as I always say in our in our podcast, this is all about the building of community and commerce as one, the intersection of that, so that when you give back to the community, it comes back and you can build business by doing that. So you are a great example of that. So for our our, our audience, excuse me, why don't we talk about just Holly Hubert, who you are, and how you arrived to now? Oh wow, that's a that conversation we had leading up to <laughs> our recording was so fun. I wish we were recording. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> it would have been fun so good. Uh, to talk about all those little pieces because yeah. you and I always get down all these little tracks. Yeah. But um, just at the very basic level, I yeah. think I was very, very lucky to know as a kid that I wanted to be an FBI agent. And Amazing. I think most kids don't know what they want to do from, from when they're young. And... Uh, having a call to to service yeah. is a blessing and a gift and I was lucky and blessed to have that calling to service and uh, I learned about the FBI as a young person and pursued that and I was really lucky to get in and mm. I wanted to do everything that was fun and sexy like yeah. bank robberies, kidnappings, <laughs> fugitives, drugs and uh, gang cases yeah. and I was so lucky as a young agent to be assigned in New Orleans division and right. I got to do all of those things. What a great place to work. Yeah, I can only imagine down there, too. There's just there's a lot of cultures, a lot of, uh, you know, geographic things that go on down there. So uh, I know you and our, our fearless leader, Mike Davern, uh, have, have uh, energized on your mutual love for New Orleans. So, so yeah, so, so you know, in there, leadership, you know, communication, team building, all that in there. Um, you know, I'd love to learn more about how you're implementing the things that you've done in the earlier parts of your career. And one of the things we even talked about before we started recording was you've spent two and a half decades plus in this role um, working for the federal government, right, for the FBI. You know, what's I guess let's even stop there and say what's key, what keeps you going? Here you are with this. Uh, how old is Global Security IQ now? Four or five? Five. Five, five years. You know, I mean, for those that are watching that may know you, you know a lot of folks in town and around the and around the country, though. But for those that don't, like, what keep what what what, uh, what keeps you going here with with this this endeavor in cyber of all places, which is um, so needed, but also there's a lot of volatility with all the cyber attacks happening. It's definitely a challenging business being in the cybersecurity, but it's for me, it's the call to service yeah. still. Yeah. I think when you're in a profession where it's all about service, yeah. and you know. Again, you're blessed and lucky to get to serve the American public. Mm -hmm. And on the inside, uh, I, I was, again, lucky to be in on the ground floor of cyber attacks mm -hmm. when those were brand new, mm -hmm. when computers uh, were, were used to communicate, um, go back to American online and instant messaging, yeah. and then we had eBay auctions, and then all of a sudden, 
it became a modality to commit an attack. Mm -hmm. And foreign governments got really, really good at cyber types of attacks. And I learned so much being in on the ground floor. I had one of the first cyber squads in, wow. the, in the FBI. One of the first ones were actually right here in Buffalo. And um, also a digital forensics laboratory was developed right here in Buffalo. I was created out of my squad. And um, so being in on the ground floor of that type of, of new crime mm. is very fulfilling and it's intoxicating and it's difficult and challenging. Mm. So if you're driven by challenge and problem solving mm. and rapid uh, uh, collection of evidence and being able to really figure out what happened, um, it's, it's really challenging and fun and rewarding at the same time. Mm -hmm. But then, over the years in cybercrime and the FBI, a lot of those attacks, as we now know, it's very mainstream that the attacks originate from China. Yeah. They originate from Russia. Right. So I tell everybody, you can't send busloads of FBI agents to China and Russia no. No. to arrest anybody. So when we have those attacks as FBI agents, we collect evidence. It goes to headquarters. And then oftentimes when there's a foreign state promulgating an attack, that how you deal with that is really at the White House. It's at the policymakers level. Wow. So the ground agents really can't do anything. Mm. So here I am in my hometown of Buffalo. Yeah. What can I, I can actually do more to help companies in, right here in Western New York, but we have clients all over the world right. because cyber's global. Cyber is. And you know, that network of FBI agents do a lot of referring and they're all over the country, all over the world. So mm. we have clients all over America, all over the world. But I'm especially proud, and I get a lot of satisfaction, of the companies that I can protect right here in Buffalo. Because the only way to protect them is to prevent an attack. Because if, an, if a company gets attacked, Reactive. they can be devastated and go out of business, and many times they do, and it costs millions of dollars. Yeah. So being able to help prevent attack is very gratifying. All I can imagine, and, and you know, we won't name names, um, but in the local market, I mean, there's several that I'm certainly aware of and know folks that are in the C-suite of these different companies that have been hit and were very public. It was very public in what it did to their systems and what it did to their, their way of business, their BAU, their business as usual. You don't want that. And it's funny because I actually, I did a brief, brief stint, as you know, in cybersecurity. So I have some uh, decent, you know, base knowledge of what this is all about. And the one thing I remember sitting, you know, in the, with that company and working there for a bit was, you know, it was, it was interesting because we didn't want to sell off of fear. We wanted to sell off of that prevention piece versus like, well, if you get hit with, you know, PHI files or PII files being breached, it's going to cost you this per file. And like you said, if you're a small mid-sized business and you do a few million a year in, in business, you get hit with uh, with a crypto, you know, uh, Bitcoin, uh, whatever whatever it is, where they freeze everything, ransom attack, you could be out of business. If, if you're shut down, you don't have backups. All that I'm starting to remember all the things I used to know. Um, it's so it's a it's that nuanced battle. So like not battle, but nuanced balance of how do you you know how do you approach um, for those that are listening even too like we've talked about before we start recording you know if there's a c-suite individual decision maker here that's listening that may be you know staying up late at night thinking about are we protected what are some of the things that you might impart on them to consider that would get them to the place of being able to talk to someone like yourself that's a that's a great question and you know you think about I get asked all the time oh, yeah. do you do you, do you go after is your ideal client a small a medium or a big company and, and or what sector is it in banking right. and so what would you say to all of those CEOs and leaderships 
uh, leaders and leadership teams. Yeah. Um, essentially, we it, it doesn't matter the size of your company, and it doesn't matter what you do. If you have a computing posture, you're at risk. And so a lot of, when I meet CEOs and I ask them, what keeps you up late at night? Oh, a cyber attack. Definitely a cyber attack. And then I ask, well, what are you doing about it? And they say, well, my IT guy is a great guy. I'm sure they got it. Well, I think in today's day and age, we need more than that. So mm -hmm. I tell every CEO, you got to become involved. And you have to weave cybersecurity, good practices, and good hygiene through the entire organization. It has to be part of the cultural fabric mm. of the organization. It has to be wide and it has to be deep. And if you're a big organization that has a cybersecurity team on site, if you're in the C-suite or if you have a board and you're, or you're a CEO, I think you should actually have an external coach that helps you translate um, that deeply technical language, somebody that helps you bridge communication and understand, do they really have this or do they really not? And do we really have the right products in place? Do we have overkill? Do we have underkill? And are we prepared? Do we have an incident response plan? And are we practicing it? Mm -hmm. So every CEO or member of a C-suite should be aware and be familiar because they are part of that incident response. Okay. So essentially, you really should have a good consultant or a coach that is your cyber coach that helps you be a good translator. Mm, yeah, Connect I mean, as a bridge. Oh, a bridge, a connector, a conduit. Um, I'm just gonna say too, just calling back. You know, a CEO isn't gonna know what a SQL injection is. They're just, they're just not. You know, they're they're busy running the high level, uh, 30, 40, 50,000 foot view. Um, like you said, someone even like, of course, like yourself uh, or whoever else is out there that that you can look to for counsel on that is going to be incredibly important. And you know, it only gets more sophisticated by the day. It's on, it's it's mind boggling. I, I have a lot of respect for you and your team that's growing. That's here in Buffalo. Uh, I know that they maybe have resources in different parts too of the country, but what you're doing is super inspiring. And I think. You know, you weaving in that leadership piece and that, you know, you're, you're, how I perceive you, Holly, is you're a great leader, you're a great community giver, you're competitive, right? We love to talk about golf and getting better. How do we fine tune this piece of equipment, that technique? And so it's super inspiring to see what you're doing to um, to still lead, even though you don't necessarily need to. I mean, you're. You, let, let's talk about some of the other things too, though. So not to jump away from Global Security IQ, but just you know, you're an investor, um, you're a community champion, you do have a lot of great servitude on the board. You know, any any of those pieces as as we weave together this business piece with the community piece, like I'd be curious to hear, like you know, some of the that, the the latest and greatest of what you're immersed in right now that maybe is outside of the office. Oh, boy, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, as you know, I'm spending my time trying to uh, cultivate the best golf swing. That, <laughs> Your that, swing is that, really good. That I'm capable of. Um, but, it, you know, but golf, it's so mental. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you, you you get on the range and you swing like butter and you're throwing darts, mm. to quote you. Yeah, throwing darts. And then all of a sudden you get on the course, and maybe there's one dart in there, but then every now and again there's just... You know, it's all over the board. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you have to come up with a sand save. Yep. Which is so cool. Yeah. If you can do it. Sandy right? Parr. That's right. <laughs> I love it. So. Keeps you coming back. I definitely am uh, super passionate about golf and keeping my my uh, uh, time. Uh, I'm probably golfing more than I should. However, however, 
I try to use every opportunity on the golf course to golf with someone in the community, right? Such as yourself and yep. so many others. And Steve um, Colton and yeah, I, shout out to right. Encore Georgia PXG, shout out to Cindy Miller, yeah. Tim Freeze at Glen Oak, all these yeah, mutuals. Absolutely, I love a- that. NAP, of ha- course, Hatchets and Hops, Twin and, Petrels. Um, I, I do seem to be golfing with a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm. I'm really active in the entrepreneurial community, and mm. it's just informal coaching or investing in startups. Right. Um, even even advising mm-hmm. on the cyber piece of fintech apps. Mm. And I think all businesses really are IT businesses. No matter what you be. do, you have a computing posture, whether it's on your desk or in your cloud, whether it's in a network or you're a solopreneur, right. there still is an opportunity to have good cyber hygiene. So, um, you know, those are all business opportunities for global security IQ, of course, yeah. and for just just consulting Mm. but um i really get a lot of gratification of helping and watching those entrepreneurs grow because here i am five years later and i've made every mistake you can make i love that realness i love that authenticity (laughs) we talked about uh you know ship the ship yeah ship it and go doesn't have to be perfect self golden yeah i made that mistake actually yeah and then and i it i had a difficult adjustment out of the fbi there's Mm. a perfectionism as a case agent Mm. you have to really when you investigate a case and before you submit it for a prosecutive opinion Mm. you really have to turnover every single rock there is mm. and that case actually has to be ready to go to trial right. so it's perfect actually right. it has to be before you arrest somebody a lot of lot of lot of work every stone is uh overturned yeah. and investigated and you go into sub leads and there's tentacles of every investigation it's really complex so there's tons of work before it goes across the street for that prosecutive opinion so here i am transitioning into private industry right. and founding a company so we're offering products really mm. um, as far as that offensive hardening that I talk about that measure of prevention really the two biggest ways to do that mm. are vulnerability identification through scanning and other techniques or risk identification and risk management through best practices mm-hmm. and so I actually crafted proprietary SOPs, standard operating yeah. procedures, for each of those business uh, uh, offerings. And my mistake was I had to make them all perfect before I did it. Before you launched. It wasn't really a mistake, but our, yeah, our uh, ramp up was probably slower than others, but who cares? I, did, I know I did the best for my clients. Right. My clients were the benefit of that. I was just going to say. Because we were so methodical. And that's really growth. all I care about. Yeah. Because once we onboarding a client, we onboard a client and we don't take everyone on. No. We only really want good clients because we want a good effective partnership right. with that C-suite, with the leadership mm. and with the IT team. Yeah. So everything has to be right before we accept them into our global security IQ family so we can work together because our name's on them. Yeah, I love it. And, and, and you know, again, having some background in it, I can imagine uh, I've experienced it, right, to have to work with those companies that didn't drink the Kool-Aid, right? They weren't really, in, they weren't aligned or involved, immersed, I should say, in that, like you said. I love that computing posture and, and the cybersecurity hygiene because then if a company isn't necessarily heeding to your recommendations, best practices, the different products and services you're providing, well then there's still, there, there still may be risk for breach and then that's what then sends off that kind of that four or five fire alarm where it's like we gotta go into contraction mode, we gotta do the investigation, the forensics piece, and that's that can be troubling. So 
I like that you're selective and you know what you're looking for. And I think maybe sidebarring too, back to the, what you just shared there, you, you had a smart launch, which then I think enabled smart growth. Maybe some discussion on that versus kind of the rapid growth I think we were talking about before we started recording. What are your thoughts on, on smart growth versus like that rapid kind of crazy growth? Well, I see a lot of young entrepreneurs, you know, they invent a widget and uh, they're, they're solving whatever problem is and then they hear or they, they want to compete. There's so much on Instagram and there's so much noise and information mm. that flows in and they want to go out and do a raise. They want to raise money. So they're giving away equity. They, they really don't know what they're going to use the money for. Right. Or they do do a raise and they squander the money on things they really shouldn't. Mm. So my opinion is stay lean, make your product good, establish your, repula- your reputation, mm. and have, have slow, measured, meaningful growth. Oof. And you, know, you don't have to go out and sell to everybody. Again, it's better to find the right customers that understand the value you bring and they're willing to pay for the value you bring. And if they're not willing to pay for the value you bring, they're probably not a good customer. Unfortunately, those ones, they become a customer in the other way because the second half of our business is the incident response, which I mentioned the digital forensics. So the digital forensics is really the science of collecting evidence on digital, through digital means. Right on. And, and, we do that when companies have ransomware attacks, then we have to go into the company because their computers are bricked, they're completely locked mm. up, and we have to collect evidence to figure out how did they get in, mm. what happened. Because what a lot of companies do is they pay that ransom, right. and they think, oh, okay, okay, I paid the ransom, so now my systems are unencrypted and they work. And they don't think about what eggs were laid while All the intruders in were in there. Mm. And so it's just going to happen again just because you paid. Right. So that's incentive to be locked up again. And when we do the incident response, then all of a sudden you're at the CEO level mm. and you are dealing with the decision maker and the check writers and they get it. And they say, hey, I need these computers. This will never happen again. A lot of times they just didn't understand In the, beginning. the threat. And it didn't get to their level either. Right. They just didn't understand the threat. And so then those companies, we really want to make partners for the long haul. And then we become those consultants to make sure they have their hardest computing posture. And those become good clients, Mm. the poor people that they come to us the hard way for them, which it's it's not fun, but I like... I like bringing them back and helping them get back to work. Yeah. And um, making sure this will never happen again. Right. That's got to be gratifying. It is very gratifying. Mm. Those are some of my best customers that come to us because they experienced a breach. Right. And then they Google cybersecurity and they say, wow, we have this team right here in Buffalo. Right. And then they become great partners and good friends. And um, again, I really, usually those are homegrown companies. Yeah. And I'm super proud of them. Right. Especially in the manufacturing. I like companies that make something. Yeah, that hard good, right? Because it's, it's less and less, it seems like these days, with how technology has driven so many different, uh, you know, new new ventures. And I mean, even for me, I, I hear what you're saying at the beginning of that, that that answer to my question. And, you know, we, you know, I've got a startup, Brandly, um, that, that we're working on. And, uh, you know, Incept's going to be a, a, our digital team. And we've got a uh, shout out to Helm Experience and Design. My friends, Nick and John, they built our prototype. And we're getting closer to a point, and by closer, I mean in the near future. We're, you know, certainly love to get some of that guidance. You know, you call back to that give, that 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 informal coaching, whether it's informal, formal, you know, sure. or whatever. Just being on a golf course or having a coffee 
you know, even having these, you know, I remember going to your office at the end of last year and just kind of on a, on a weekly basis, Mondays we did check-ins and, um, you know, the accountability, that, that support, um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So, you know, you're, you're a leader, right? You're a retired FBI, you're a cybersecurity, you know, um, executive founder that's now driving that. You know, you've had smart growth as a business with your clientele, but also as a team. Um, you know, I know you employ a lot of UB grads, a lot of local folks, so that's, that's awesome to see the impact there too, because that is impact creating jobs, um, giving people gain, uh, gainfully, being gainfully employed, excuse me, is is also impact. So, you know, you bounce around from the mentor, the investing, to the to leading. Uh, I know you speak, um, you're a speaker, so, you know, uh, you know, any thoughts on that? I just love to hear, you know, some of the things that you're doing in the speaking that you're doing or some of the other plans you might have as, a, as an entrepreneur. I love the speaking piece. That's the IQ and the global security IQ, if you will, but, mm. um, I did it my whole career in the FBI. Yeah. I was lucky that they sent me all over the world to yeah. speak on cyber and leadership and women in leadership. And now COVID um, has made crisis communication very mm. relevant and leadership in a crisis. So those are uh, additional fun nuances really to speak and teach on. And we've learned so much from COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, I try to take lessons out of the FBI yeah. out of September 11th lessons from the military mm. and apply them in everyday businesses. Right on, right on. No, it's, 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 it's cool to see though, just someone like yourself that's had such an impact. Again, myself included, the people that I mentioned earlier that we have mutual and mutually in common. Um, I think two, two parts to finish. I think any, any technology, entrepreneurship, leadership insights that you would impart on our, our audience, I think is a good penultimate question. I know we've kind of covered some things you know, before we started, like we joked a couple times now about the before we started recording the podcast, the conversation we had. What what might you leave the audience with in terms of um, you know leadership, the, the intersection of leadership, community service, communication, um, you know, mentorship? What what might you leave the audience with in, in those worlds? Tips, tricks. Well, that's that's such a big question. It is. I, I love the question though because I think fundamentally, I just really believe if you put enough good out there mm. and give and give back mm. and serve, I think there's a gratification in that that you might not even know about till later when you reflect on it. And I just think if you put enough good, the clean, the pure, the powerful, that's and the true. positive out there that it'll all come back to you someday. Mm. And, um, you know, I don't think you do anything in the community for a reason. Right. I don't think you, I think you just genuinely like people yeah. and you genuinely assimilate to uh, people that are like you, yeah. like-minded, that, that are positive and givers and service-oriented. And uh, water seeks water. We've talked about that. I was just going to say that. And uh, it, so I think that's just gratifying and mm. I just really try to live that way without thinking about it. I Giving guess. is living. It's ingrained in you and, and maybe for the folks that don't necessarily have that as hardwired into them as like you and I, it's just being more mindful of those opportunities to serve. Um, and I think service can come in a lot of forms. People think, well, I, I don't have the time to, to, to you know, spend time on a board or I don't have the funds necessarily to, to you know, allocate dollars to funds. But uh, there's so many other ways that we can support. You know, I'll never forget. Um, I remember sharing with you because you know we have a mutual love for vets and and service and law enforcement, military, and all that. 
and uh, PJ Hope. Shout out to PJ Hope helping yes. our Patriots everywhere. Um, the gentleman Patrick McGowan, who's uh, who's kind of like the the you know the lead therapist, if you will, the lead kind of organizer of our PJ Hope group through the VA here in Western New York. Um, you know, I've had a couple of awards bestowed upon me for which I'm so grateful for. But I'll never forget when I talked to Patrick. And a shout out to Patrick if he if he ever sees this or listens. Um, I remember saying to him like, I feel like I haven't been um, haven't been to, to the sessions enough because it's a it's a weekly thing with PJ Hope. We do it in the summer. Um, well, we do it multiple times a year, but this particular past summer, just crazy times, busy running around. Um, I probably got to about 50, 60 percent of the sessions um, as a board of trustee and as a supporter. Anyway, I'll never forget. He stops me. He's, he's a large, you know, tall, you know, commanding presence that Patrick has, and he says, Johnny always let me stop you there. He says, you just being here, man, your energy, uh, not even, even being here. He goes, what you've already done in the last several years, you know, you don't need to be here anymore. You don't necessarily need to because your spirit lives on here. You know, there's, there's an energy that's amongst this group that, um, you know, whether they see you or not, you've impacted them. And in a, in a very positive way, and it got me, you know, it took me, you know, by surprise just the way he said it. I, I'm not saying it to, to any degree of which he delivered it much better than I did, but just that point, right? Like there's so many, to, to what you're saying, there's so many other ways you can serve and support. Um, sometimes it's just showing up. Exactly. You may not have the ability to be on the board or to or just donate, a, you know, 10 grand or whatever, 1,000 bucks, 100 bucks. But if you're there and you show that you care, that rhymes. If you show that you, if you're there and you show that you care, um, that really, honestly, is probably the most meaningful piece. Absolutely. And all the other stuff is all kind of bonus. I, th- I think you're right. It can be as simple as first of all, that's an amazing compliment he gave you. Yeah, not that like it's virtue signal. Yeah, but you deserve it. Thank you. And another quality about you is you are an exceptionally good listener, mm. and most people are not. <laughs> they just want to talk. But I think that is a way of serving another person. And those PGA Hope mm. events are so fun and gratifying mm. and wonderful to be there. But it's the after on the patio at yeah, Glen Oak. That's right. And you're just having a conversation with someone. And, you know, sometimes when I talk to Nick and some of those other gentlemen, I think what they must have experienced. But yeah. if you're just there just to listen to them and make another human being feel listened to. That's right. That's a form of service. It's it so can true. be that simple, really. That is so true. Ah, oh, I love that. Oh, that's that's good. It's just this is fantastic. Um so we've covered all things, you know, things to think about with your cyber posture, right? Security, leadership, smart growth versus kind of rapid growth, what it means to get back, the mentoring, the investing, the support, informal, formal, everything in between. Um, I guess last but not least is how do we connect? Where do we find you? You know, email, and it'll all be in the show notes. I'll lead with that so we don't have to, you know, um, as always. But, you know, you know, website, email, LinkedIn, whatever. Where, where can we find you, Holly? Uh, globalsecurityiq.com. Okay. And an email is info at globalsecurityiq.com. Perfect. So those will be in the notes. Holly's on LinkedIn as well. We were talking about that. I, <laughs> I know you're on LinkedIn and, and um, you know, you got a lot going on, but I know it's a great platform. So, um, find Holly on LinkedIn too. Shoot her a note. Um, you know, maybe you know. Don't don't try to sell her a pitch or anything. Cause, uh, <laughs> we get a lot of those on LinkedIn where yeah, uh, we do. You, you know, sorry to say, but a lot of like mail that you're just like in mails that you're like, what, why, why? So it's just archive. But meaningful uh, meaningful connections are welcomed, and uh, what you're doing is super impactful. So on behalf. This is uh, uh, taking a page out of the book of uh, Mark Sullivan, the Catholic Health CEO, a friend of mine. He, uh, I'll never forget, on behalf of everyone you've come in contact with and that you support, support and served, myself included, a big thanks for all that you've wow. done, Holly. It was cool when he said thank that. You. He said Very that to me in a video. Cool. I was like, I've never heard that, so thank you. And um, this is another Inset Connect podcast where we talk all things community and commerce. 
We will see you on the next segment. Holly, thanks again for coming. Thank you. This was wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you.